Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. In today's episode, it's going to include, by the title, conversations on aliens, false narratives, and meaning. So I need to add like a little a little message before we get into it is, is I've been doing some thinking. I've really gotten into creating these uh, newsletters that allow me to kind of express some of my odd thoughts, maybe occasionally insightful thoughts that I have throughout the week, where it's more of, it fits my sporadic system of thinking, I guess you could say. Anyway, I've realized I have I've faced another issue, like I kind of mentioned, my sporadic mind, and also the desire to bring you interesting content. So this has gotten in the way of me posting a podcast episode consistently as of late, because I've been obsessed with creating kind of these, in my previous episode, these long form cohesive episodes based entirely around kind of one topic. And it has like this kind of beginning point and leads you into this ending point where it all makes sense. And I've realized I shouldn't obsess over that if, if I can put something out that combines some topics while also staying true to what I believe is good quality content. And, and, and I don't know, I don't really like creating 10-minute episodes either for for podcasts. Um, they've never interested me that much because it feels short as though, you know, you are just getting into the flow of things, I'm just getting into the flow of things, and then it's over. That's not really my, my style. It's not scripted enough for that, in my opinion. That's more for like YouTube. That's my podcast stuff isn't scripted like a YouTube video. So anyway... I want to start playing with content ideas that that covers maybe a couple topics on certain episodes. It won't always be the case, but sometimes, kind of like segments that podcasts do. So I know many people listen to my podcast, you know, during weed sessions, for example. So I think it will kind of be perfect for that that system. Um, So doing these style occasionally to kind of keep things coming out weekly. And also, I think it'll keep me more active on on thinking of stuff too, because usually. You know, I'm, I'm reading stuff and consuming stuff, but sometimes I, I stop diving into a certain thing or, you know, don't think to take enough notes about something because I'm like, oh, I can't really, I don't really want to turn that into a long form episode with a long form, you know, notes and stuff like that, if, if that makes sense. So it will also make me more consistent in putting out content every week on the main podcast feed. Also, before we dive in though, in help and support the show. You can do that by checking out the bonus episode feed. It's best to actually support me through Substack. You can see that link below, mostly because it keeps you on my newsletter list. Patreon works as well if you feel better using that system, but I kind of keep the 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 system or the content on each one the same, but it's easier for like discussion to use Substack and I have more people on there anyway. So that's where I send out some more like exclusive thoughts to supporters as well and not just like the audio form and getting the audio uh, podcast feed. So I call them my more personal thoughts. So for example, if you want to know the origins and, and some of my personal experiences that have led to some of my thinking, that's where to go. So, so a taste, I just did a post about my ayahuasca experience with um, having with seeing some sphinxes that gave me some thoughts on, on knowledge and wisdom, some thoughts on evolutionary biology, some thoughts on psychedelics in general, basically stuff I want a little less public and, you know, for people that I know won't be super judgy about it. They can kind of allow me to explore and I'm, you know, realizing I'm just trying to figure shit out and hoping people will support me in the process of doing that. And uh, yeah, that's who that's who it's for. So if that's your style, that's you. Throw me a cup of coffee every month. Let's chat on there. And uh, yeah, let's, let's stay curious together. But enough of my self-indulgent advertising of me, myself. Let's enter me, myself's labyrinth.
So one question to consider. What thought comes to mind when you learn that some languages never had a word for imaginary? I just found that interesting to consider. As some cultures did, in fact, not have a word for imaginary. So can you imagine how that would change how they talk about their history, their traditions, and their myths, the stuff produced by the mind. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have a system in place to differentiate that. And that's fascinating to me for, for some reason, but that's a thought I want you to, to kind of a question to consider. But the main topics of today are, of course, going to be aliens and those narratives that we create. But first, let's cover some aliens. The first topic of today, aliens, because, because why not? What if intelligent aliens come to Earth? Will it be like, you know, the movie Independence Day where the aliens arrive with the goal to invade and destroy Earth? Oh, but wait, but wait, we have Will Smith here to save us. Taking our vastly outdated technology, going against all the odds and defeating the aliens purely through sheer human will to survive. It's a very, very romantic and poetic image of what would happen if aliens came here. But no. Aliens probably wouldn't give a shit about destroying us, let's be honest. And if they wanted to, they could. (laughs) However, we would probably have to explain why most of our alien movies uh, revolve around us trying to fight and kill them. So which side is truly the hostile and aggressive one? That's that's something to consider. And and let's see see them aliens first, is what I would say. If, If they wipe us out, fine. At least I got to say I got to see them before I die. Anyway. Something I found fascinating to consider, though, about aliens. They were on my mind. I never found myself fascinated by the discussion of aliens regarding whether they exist or not. I think when we consider the vastness and the mystery we have left around the cosmos, some form of aliens, it it just seems simply obvious, some form of life like that. But this had me thinking, if aliens come and either visited or contacted us, would they actually be interested in our scientific discoveries, our technology, how advanced we are. Would they, would they care about that? Considering they would have contacted us, we would probably assume their discoveries in science are more advanced than ours. I mean, aliens with interstellar travel probably have all around more rad technology, just all around cooler material stuff. So what could they be fascinated by? And for some reason, that's what I got fixated on. I think an intelligent form of alien life would be interested in our humanities, our creation of stories, and our myth-making. So hear me out. Hear me out. Our creative form of communication might be our most unique characteristic as an intelligent form of life. As humans, something we get caught up on around intelligence is only looking at it through our own frame of mind. It's hard for us to imagine how other forms of intelligent life might think and communicate differently than us. Life with with intelligence doesn't necessarily include the desire to create myths like we have that desire. We have that pull within us. We feel that. The possibility of myths being the unique part of our intelligent minds has sparked my interest essentially. I see many groups and thinkers in our current society see the need to make myths for communication as, as a limitation of ours. As many intellectuals might even say or see our desire to create myths as something to grow out of and move beyond. To that I say, you might be right, maybe. But right now where we're at, it's interesting to think about. But my point is, we should assume intelligence includes 
multitudes of various specialties. For example, imagine an alien life form that developed complex intelligence, formed a sort of hive mind. So imagine this. By thinking of a complex, intelligent life form that had the the communication method of ants, for example. Taking what we know about ants. And thank you to E.O. Wilson for what we know about ants. So these ants would have mastered their mind's communication method well enough to communicate or travel across the universe. We have to take that into account. They wouldn't need mists. For us, I think those mists keep us on our, on our path, a sense of purpose, a sense of cohesion. They keep us working together in some sense, even though some of those mists lead us to fucking blow each other's heads off. But, but the intelligent hive mind would probably have pre-programmed myth operating on autopilot for them. Nothing would need to be created by individual minds in order to help move their species forward. The group cohesion is already like built into their system. There's no real need for creation there. It's hard for us to even imagine because we are using our own programming to try and comprehend a mind that works completely different than our own. For us, we must create the myths that, that, that keep us operating in cohesion as a team. As one, as much as we can, even though we obviously see how sometimes it fucking goes awry. But the point is, the myths make our purpose. But for super intelligent hive minds, their purpose might make their myth. What they go after might be already pre-programmed in. They just already agree and they don't even really know why. Something to to consider. So essentially, alien life... (laughs) might be more interested in the evolutionary things that were made on Earth, the various unique characteristics, and assuming intelligence is an important part of interstellar travel, they would be interested in how our intelligence developed and originated from, where that came from, the building blocks of that. They would be interested in our minds and biology, not our discoveries. They'd be interested in essentially Earth. But, yeah. But today's Segment number two, maybe on a slightly more serious note. And, and I guess that's up for interpretation. I don't know. It just feels like it'd be, it's a more serious topic. But, but what I like to call meaningful false narratives. And I hope at the end of the segment, you know what I mean by that. I like narratives. I fucking love them. That's why I like looking at myths and thinking about religious myths and, and ancient myths and what people thought of them and what people think of like shamanic practices and, and what people think, you know, various little beings in the sky might mean for them. I like that stuff. It's interesting. What motivates people to have those things? Why do they need those things? But anyway, narratives about the self though, these more inner narratives. I do them. Other people do them. I think it keeps me sane to some extent. I get it. I get them. But some of these thoughts don't seem to leave my mind, which I'm about to say. How much are we bullshitting ourselves? How much bullshit is good bullshit? Because in narratives, you know, the myths that we follow, to some extent they are. There's at least a little bit of bullshit in there. There's a little bit of, of poetic romanticism involved in them, right? But I also see the version I create myself, the sense of I. That thing is mostly created. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by people striving for their higher selves, right? But what is that? What is a higher self? Is it just a new made-up character you feel better about? But it's still made up. That's, that foundation's still there. It still has a, a narrative with it, right? And I'm not saying that's bad. It's not, it's not bad. 
I just get fascinated with how people keep reaching out for a stronger and stronger foundation to build on and, and, and wanting to avoid the idea that they might be building on fucking sand. I do too. How I present myself, the way I present this podcast on my content publicly, is it me? How much of it is an act? How much am I showboating? What is the true me? I don't fucking know. I, I even struggle with that. I try to think, I'm thinking I'm presenting my authentic self, but what is my authentic self? Anyway, to kind of backtrack off that point, because I want you to like keep that in mind as I say the rest of this, we often create this perception of ourselves, this story. We weave all together, string by string, carefully, layer by layer, till we have a, a handle on the art piece of us. Think of yourself as this art piece, the art piece that we create within our minds, the story and the narrative that creates our image. Maybe this is even our ideal image we have of ourselves. We hope the world sees us this way. You would see this firsthand if you've ever read an autobiography, someone writing their own story and someone trying to express the image they have of themselves. They're attempting to weave their art for you to see it as they want you to see it. But you have to wonder how, what, What part of that is real? Have you ever wondered how much we can trust a bad account? Should we even care? If what is the point of an autobiography? Is it it to inspire you? How much true, authentic truth should we value? Just enough so that you you can't call bullshit? But what if there is bullshit still? (laughs) We we take the, the constructive narrative the author provides us at face value. We trust they're giving us their genuine story, but really we're, we're getting their own version of quote-unquote, based on a true story. How much are they filling in their own gaps? And what I mean by the gaps, this is, I think, the, the point I'm trying to get across. Those detailed stories from childhood, that, that moment in time that you think changed everything, and the thing that happened to them, yet they didn't realize its importance until la- years later. That's, that's what they'll claim, and I do the same shit. We witness the beautiful narrative they formulated in their mind, that pivot point, and how it changed their life forever. Is that narrative true, though? How often is that narrative true? Is it really that single pinpoint? The narratives we build for ourselves create this sense of cohesion, this sense of beginning and end point for our journey, just like we see in a film. We want our journey to have this movement in time, the sense of evolution, the sense of progress, the sense of flow that makes us feel as though we are drifting somewhere important, that it means something. Everything we do means something. I've been truly trying to grapple with this idea. Why do I feel the net, that, that narrative pull? Do I need it? What am I convincing myself of to protect it? I feel my inner self pull in that same direction, although I see distinct separations of the self within me. I cannot feel this flow, connection, and true narrative in, in to my past versions of myself. However, I'm aware of the role they played in leading to who I am today. Trust me, I'm, I'm aware, right? Still, I feel as though, you know, moments in time, have been forgotten, that created those supposedly distinct shifts in me. The past version of myself seems so distant so far and so different that it's hard for me to relate to them to what I am today. They feel like separate beings, detached selves. I'm aware they played a role. I'm aware that it's part of me and who I've become and, and who I will become, yada, 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 that, that line. That doesn't change the realization that I don't have this vivid understanding of what needed to die in my past self. What needed a rebirth? Is it even dead? Right? What, what needed that rebirth and why? 
So that's where my, my pull to create a narrative comes from. I feel that pull within myself. I feel the pull to fill in the gaps that make me feel as though I'm falling into, you know, or <laughs> those <laughs> filling in those gaps make me avoid this probably, of like falling to the depths of insanity. Like I need those gaps filled. I need that story. Why though? Why do I need that story? I feel myself filling in those gaps and adding meaning to memories, those moments in time for the sake of maintaining a narrative, to make it mean something more. Does this make my narrative BS? The memories feel real. The memories feel important. The past versions of myself feel relevant. The narrative around all that becomes as relevant as I want it to be. It's real in that sense. So it's reminding me of a story about myself, a memory when I was a, a young boy attending the wake and, and, and funeral of my grandpa, I remember listening to the stories people would tell of my grandma, grandpa, their, their memories during the wake. I remember going to see my grandpa in the coffin and the thought that wouldn't leave my mind, that will be me, that will be me, that will be me. I've often thought this was the moment in time that an awareness of my finite existence came into my everyday being. As a boy, not older than 12 years old. But still, to this day, I wonder to myself, did my mind add meaning to that moment? That moment happened. That moment's a pretty vivid memory. But am I adding meaning to that as like, oh yeah, that was the moment. That was the moment it happened. Was this the moment though? Was it really the moment? Was this just roughly the moment? Did I just add more meaning to it and, and wanted it to be the moment because it made sense? Why do I even need a moment? And does the desire for a moment in, in, in time say something interesting about the human condition? Let me tell you, I do not have an answer. Probably not a big plot twist with this podcast. Although what I know about my own mind is this pull to create that narrative, to fit the pieces of my puzzle into its own art piece. The art piece that represents my own inner self. And it's these thoughts that make me wonder if our true epiphanies in life, realizations and transitions never actually have those true moments in time. They're happening in the background. Maybe the gradual movement is truly taking place somewhere in our subconscious, continually working, building, and flowing as we continue to live. And then we pull from that subconscious and create this narrative in the conscious self, in the inner self, to make shit make sense, right? Because we don't really know those distinct moments for sure. We don't really need to. You know, if the narrative you build makes sense and it keeps you in reality enough, it's probably okay, right? So maybe we build our narratives as our subconscious builds our character. I think that's the point. But that's enough thoughts for today. And I hope you enjoyed this kind of slightly different style of episode and had left you stuff to think about. But as always, I want you to stay curious. But it is time for you to get the fuck out my labyrinth. <laughs>